Good morning, Rivers Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Yes, one's good. I'm excited to bring the word to you guys this morning. How many of you guys have been enjoying our pastors bringing the, uh, a new perspective on prayer over the past couple of weeks? You guys been enjoying that? Has it been helping any one of you guys? Has it been helping anybody kind of apply those things? So real quick, let's do a, a little recap of last couple of weeks that we've been kind of learning some different stuff in prayer. So the first week, Pastor Craig shared with us that prayer is a conversation, and God wants so desperately to talk to you and you with him, right? We learned that talking with God is no different than you and I having a conversation. It's that easy. If you want to grow closer to someone, what are the two things that you have to do? Anybody remember? You've got to talk with them. And? Yes, but you've also got to spend time with them. With God, it's the same way. There's both power and simplicity within prayer. And then week two, Pastor Eric gave us some insight into how we can learn how to pray without ceasing. He showed us the significance of how we are to pray. He showed us how Jesus prayed and wanted us to pray in that same manner. He gave us some practical ways on how we can pray. Do you guys remember the ACTS method that he gave us, the acronym? Can anybody tell me what those letters stood for? Adoration. What's C? Confession. Confession. T. Thanksgiving. And S? Supplication. Good one. He wasn't even here and he said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now that we've learned that prayer is a conversation with God and how we can learn to practically pray without ceasing, as Jesus modeled for us, we have to learn that how to use prayer, uh, how, yeah, we have to learn not only how to use prayer to not only change our circumstances around us, but for others as well. Have you ever heard the statement, I'll pray for you, or just pray about it, it'll be fine, and nothing ever comes of it? Have you ever told someone, I'll pray for you. And with that good intention too, but you never get around to it or you forget about it. I'll be honest. I've done that very thing. I've said, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then the business of my day or something else just catches my attention. Forget. It's a missed opportunity, guys. Every time that we don't do that, it's a missed opportunity for someone to be able to hear maybe an encouraging word that the Lord may want to share with them through us. Why you think? Why you ask? Maybe it's a lack of confidence. Maybe we're too busy. Or maybe we're just too shy or afraid to pray for somebody in that moment, right? A lot of times people don't like to just openly share with or let alone what they want prayer for. And then 
too often are we afraid to actually just step out and pray for them right there. So the title of my message this morning is Prayer Changes Things. My first point, pray with intentionality. When someone is in need of prayer or Holy Spirit prompts you to pray for them, be willing, be available, be yielded, and be obedient. Four key things there. When we apply these four things, it helps us to be more intentional when we pray. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and then give me an amen when you guys are there. The four things, yeah. The four things are to be willing, to be available, to be yielded, and to be obedient. Okay, First Timothy chapter two. Amen. Woo! <laughs> We're getting there. Cool. Either on your Bibles or your smartphones. There we go. Cool. Majority of us are all there? Cool. So 1 Timothy, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So by praying for someone right then, it's not that we're doing so to be puffed up. It's not, it's not that we're doing so to say some profound statement and make ourselves look holy, right? No, it's more for them to hear, to see, to believe, and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Do you guys realize that sometimes we might be the only Jesus that someone ever sees? We might be the only voice of reason sometimes that can get through to somebody when all hope is lost, when their family members can't talk to them, when their friends, you may be a complete stranger to them. We've got to be bold. We don't know how desperately someone needs to be heard or even cared about or even prayed for unless we are intentional with listening to Holy Spirit when the opportunity presents itself. Amen? Ephesians 6.18 says this. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Not one, but all. So here we see in Ephesians that it's saying to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, right? Let's take a look at the definition of what supplication 
means. As I was kind of researching it, there's a bunch of different things that it came up with, but this is what I found to kind of be helpful here. Supplication is a plea or an appeal. It's a petition or an exhortation. And the list goes on and on. Supplication is a form of prayer, actually, wherein one party humbly or earnestly asks another party to provide something, either for the party who is doing the supplicating or on behalf of someone else. Do you think that you and I are capable of praying every second of every moment of every day? Seems physically impossible, right? That's a lot of breath. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of thought. Always, just always praying. And we think that praying unceasingly, that's exactly what that means. But it's an attitude. It's a spirit that we have to be mindful. We have to always be praying. Does that make sense? After a while, I think we could all go a little insane if we tried to keep up with praying like that on our own. Do you think? But wait, if we have the Holy Spirit to aid us in this, we're fine. We got this. When we don't know what to pray for or even how to pray, pray in the Spirit. He will enlighten us on how we should pray and even what to pray for. He already knows every need. And he's so willing to help us pray for those needs. So when we don't know, just ask him. God, I don't even know this person's circumstance right now or even how to pray for it, but you do. Give me the words to say. I don't want to say something that is out of step or out of line with what your will is, Father. Help me to help them, right? He wants us to be the ones that ask and petition, but he also wants us to partner with him, or he also wants us, sorry, he also wants to partner with us in that petition. Does that make sense? He wants to be the one, he wants us to be the ones to ask and petition, but he also wants to partner with us in our petition. Remember last week when we learned how to pray unceasingly? Right? Praying unceasingly requires us to maintain an attitude of humility, a determined mindset, and an unwavering faith. My second point this morning is prayer. Oh. A lot of words. Okay. A lot of words. I know I have like this whole giant note page, right? <laughs> so I'll backtrack. Praying unceasingly requires us to maintain an attitude of humility, a determined mindset, and an unwavering faith.
those things and that little last feeling that we just did right there. That's how we be intentional. That's how we keep ourselves intentional when we're praying. We have to be those things. If we're not, then they're just, they're just words, right? They're just words that we're saying. They're coming out of our mouth, and we might not even know if they're affecting that person or not. That's not our responsibility, though, right? That's the Holy Spirit's job to convict per, a person, or that's the Holy Spirit's job to allow those words to land where they need to land in their heart. Amen? My second point this morning is prayer is powerful. How many of you know that there is God-breathed power behind your prayers? You might say that you know that there is, but do you really believe that there is? Do you actually believe that when you pray, God's power is flowing through you and speaking through you to that person or whatever you're praying for? Do you believe that? Sometimes that'll show up in how we pray. Our belief, right? Sometimes that'll show up in how we pray. We might be praying like, oh God, like just take this from me. Like I don't, I don't want to be going through this right now, God, but yeah, you know better, right? No, or the power behind that prayer is, God, I don't know what is going on right now. You do and I trust that you do better than I even do. No matter what my circumstances, I will still choose to lift you up. I will still choose you over all that stuff, right? When we pray for X or when we pray for whatever, we should pray in confidence, knowing that if whatever we ask for is according to God's will, the Bible says that we will have whatever it is that we have asked of him. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says this. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. I'll repeat that. We know that we will have the requests that we have asked of him. See, God delights in answering prayers that align with his will. Right? But how do we know what God's will is? How do we really know that? Well, the most reliable way to know is by reading his word, right? This, in turn, gives us much greater understanding of how to pray according to his will, and along with that, a greater chance of having our prayers answered. Because when they are in alignment with God's will, he is more apt to answer that quicker, right? The Bible says... Again, in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, <laughs> Jesus' words. <laughs> Someone's in the Bible. <laughs> I love that the Bible app can read the, the word to you. Isn't that crazy? I'll just repeat that to you. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this. So this is Jesus' words. Therefore, I tell you, 
Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Jesus is telling us that when we are praying for something that, even, that hasn't even happened yet, believe that we've already received it. Sounds like faith, doesn't it? Sounds like faith, doesn't it? Kind of also reminds me of how prophecy works a little bit. When you're speaking something that has not yet come to pass, as if it's already right here in front of you, right? So, when Jesus is telling us that we are praying for something that hasn't happened yet, we believe that we've already received it. We are, number one, acting in faith. And then, we are believing in faith. And lastly, we are asking in faith. So not only do we ask, but we act, and we believe, and then we ask in faith. Our prayers are the most powerful when we are abiding in Christ. Our prayers are the most powerful when we are abiding in Christ. Jesus says in John 15, 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. Right? Wait a second. So Jesus is pretty much telling us that we'll have whatever we desire as long as we're abiding in him? What exactly does abiding mean? Anybody? It's good stuff. You're all correct. The definition that I found in abiding is to remain in or with, to continue, to stay, to agree with, to accept, to obey, observe, and to follow. So in a nutshell, abiding in Christ means allowing his word to fill our minds, direct our wills, and transform our affections. In other words, our relationship with Jesus is intimately connected with what we do with our Bibles. We've got to pick it up. We've got to open it. We've got to read it. We've got to meditate on it. We've got to allow it to affect us. Because if not, they're just words on a page. They're really good words on a page. And if none of this was ever true... We would still, if we followed all the stuff in here, we would still live a good life. But the fact of the matter is, this is all truth, right? And when we're abiding in Christ, that's when we come into the knowledge of truth. So in a nutshell, abiding in Christ means allowing his word to fill our minds, direct our wills, and transform our affections. And then in other words, our relationship with Jesus is intimately connected with what we do with our Bibles. Then, of course, as Christ's word dwells in us and the spirit fills us, we will begin to pray 
in a way that is consistent with the will of God. And then discover the truth of the Lord's often applied prom- misapplied promise. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. See, before we can tap into the power behind our prayers, we must be abiding in Christ and understand that that same power comes from knowing Jesus and his promises. If we're not abiding in Christ and his word in us, how are we then going to know what his promises are? How are we then going to be able to tap into that power that God promises us, that we have readily available to us, if we're not in our word? That's convicting to me. It reminds me, when I pray, I also have to be in the word. Not just when I pray, but every day. No matter if it's five minutes, no matter if it's an hour, a half hour, whatever, I got to be communicating with God. We all got to be communicating with God. That's how we get our direction for the day. That's how we get direction for our life. That's how we begin to know the plans he has for us, as Jeremiah says, right? So many heroes of faith, so many heroes of the faith, when they prayed for things to happen, or circumstances to change even, they drew their power from their intimacy with God. I mean, go back to the Old Testament and look at Joshua, who prayed for the sun to physically stand still so that his people could have victory over their circumstance. God's promise for them was that they would inherit that land. But they had, to go, they had to go in and conquer everything, right? They had to go in and take it as it was their own. That wouldn't just happen on their, that on their own strength, right? That had to require God's hand in the whole process. And the only way for that to be able to, to come to fruition was he had to be spending time with God to know the direction that he wanted to take them to conquer those things, Right? What about Elijah? That, that guy was a man of prayer and a man of faith for sure, right? He prayed for rain to cease and then for it to return. And then he prayed and called down fire from heaven and caused all the prophets of Baal, Baal to turn and worship the true God of Israel. He changed their circumstance, church. He changed something that was so commonplace to these people during idol worship and worshiping false gods. He turned their attention to the one true God. But that only happened through his relationship and his intimacy with God because he prayed for that stuff. And he knew and he had faith that God would answer his prayers because that was his will. And then look at Jesus who prayed in the garden for God's will to be done and not, his, not even his own. You guys remember the garden of Gethsemane when he was just praying so hard. He was literally sweating blood. He was praying so hard and so intent and so just 
I don't even know how to describe that. <laughs> I've never been able to pray that way. But Jesus was so in tune with the Father's heart and so connected to God's will that he was saying, not my will, but yours be done. And you know what that did? That literally changed the circumstance of every single one of us in here. That gave us the, be, the ability to have eternal life. Because if he, would have, if he would have just let the cup pass, right? If God would have just said, yeah, that's totally fine. We'll do it some other way. We wouldn't be here right now. Or if we were, we would still be instituting a sacrificial system that the Old Testament did, right? Because what? For the wages of sin is what? Death. So that literally changed not just our circumstance, but our eternity. If we want to experience the power behind prayer, church, we've got to be intimate with God. We've got to be intimate with God. I'm going to end with this scripture, and then we're going to kind of do a little activity this morning that involves prayer. You guys up for it? Cool. Turn with me, if you will, to James chapter 5. And then we're going to read verses 13 through 18. Y'all there? I'll give you a minute. Cool. <clears throat> See, I like not only when the word is preached, but I also like activating it right then and there. Because when when we we can we can preach all day about a subject, right? But if we don't apply it, to our lives, how then, is it not, how then is it going to affect us? It's not. Like I said earlier, they're just words. So we're going to apply those words today. James 5, 13 through 18 says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call to the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the, prayer of the, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Next verse. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And it goes back to Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might rain, that it might not rain. For three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore fruit. So this morning, as I close my, my message, we'll kind of end in prayer. But I also 
want to challenge us this morning in the little groups that we have that were set up here. Let's pray for each other. Let's exercise the power that comes with prayer. Let's be intentional with one another this morning. Let Holy Spirit speak to us and through us. Maybe prophesying something to somebody. Maybe if Holy Spirit wants to heal somebody this morning, let him heal them. But let's exercise that prayer. So as we close this morning and after this, if you guys have to go, that's totally fine. But let's pray for one another. Amen? Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you so much that prayer is not only powerful, but it is such a, a powerful tool to be able to use to communicate with you, to communicate your heart to others, Father. God, I pray that if anything, Lord, that we would learn to be intentional when someone asks for prayer, that we would, that we would be able to just do it right then and there. And maybe if they don't want that right then and there, that you would, re- you would remind us, that you would prompt us to pray unceasingly, God, for those things. Thank you so much, God, for Lord, giving us the ability to communicate with you. And Lord, as we pray for each other this morning, we ask in faith, God, that you would do what you, would, that you said you would do, Lord, that you would heal us, Lord, that you would provide for us, Father, that you would be whatever it is that we ask, Lord. Because if we ask it in Jesus' name, then it's according to your will, Father. You said it would be done. So we thank you, we love you, and we trust you above all else, God. In your name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Love you guys.